0: Welcome to episode 41 of CommuniCast, a communication skills podcast. I'm Scott D'Amico, president of Communispond, a global communication skills training organization. Confidence is courage plus commitment. My guest, Lisa Gio, is the founder and lead coach at Be Bright Lisa, where she helps her clients bring their vision to life through her clear vision framework. In this episode, we talk about the formula for building confidence, the important role self-awareness plays in growth, and how to deal with imposter syndrome. I hope you enjoy. Lisa, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Hi, Scott. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to this conversation.
0: Me as well. To get things started, why don't you just tell the listeners a little bit, a little bit about you, your journey, and really what it is that you're working on today.
1: Yes. So I help senior level leaders, executives, and some very ambitious entrepreneurs get crystal clear on who they are and what they want, both personally and professionally. Big believer of who you are is who you are everywhere you go. And that shows up in communication too, which I know we're going to be talking about today. I started my career in San Francisco during like the dot-com boom and the dot-com crash and spent lots of years in creative design studios, ad agencies, marketing departments. And now I take the creative process and all of the tools and techniques that I learned using branding and brand identity and help my clients find their personal identity using mindset work And then we lead them through the creative process of uh, building their thought leadership, personal or professional brand, or even how that just shows up in their personal leadership. And the mindset needed to, (laughs) the first word that comes to mind is like survive in the world as it is today. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun blending together, you know, what was my background I started a graphic design studio in 2009 after being laid off twice. I think oftentimes it's the marketing world, the design world, ad agencies. We always get the shaft whenever the economy tanks. And so, like after 9 11, boom. Um, After 2008, 2009, boom. And it was at that time I started my branding studio. And then in 2016, is when I became a certified transformational life and leadership coach. So then I started to weave that mindset work into the type of work I do now.
0: That's interesting. How did you make the the leap or kind of make that connection between the design work and the branding over into this mindset, leadership coaching, kind of identity coaching practice?
1: Well, I think like most coaches, whether you're a leadership coach, executive coach, spiritual coach, we all kind of have our own version of your own life crisis, right? Your own, Mm -hmm. your own breakdown leads to your breakthrough. And I noticed in my graphic design work with my own clients, I was bringing so much perfection into the work. As a graphic designer, you are paid to create the perfect design, find the perfect color, write the perfect headline and you're rewarded Mm -hmm. for that type of work. So I was, so that totally like fed right into my ego and into what I call your paradox pattern. It's what gets you to where you are today, but then you hit the ceiling of I'm just going to keep doing it this way and doing it harder and better and faster and longer. And then you crash. And I also started to recognize with my clients it was always right before launch, right before we were going to hit, you know, publish on a website or send a book to print, or they were going to get up and um, present their work, present their work to their clients, their brand, whatever it was. Um, they would start to throw stuff in the way, whether that is, no, 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 I don't want to buy that plugin for WordPress. No, 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 I don't like that color anymore. Uh, these words aren't right. They just started to throw stuff in the way. I thought it was my design work. But now looking back, I noticed, no, no, no. That was really just a cover up for their mindset. And they weren't in the mindset space to launch. And, And so now I can help lead them through moving from who they are being, the inner work, into how they show up externally, what I call your outer platform, if that is in branding or design or a speaking engagement, for example, that's all mindset. And that's how you can lead someone from kind of that fear-based mentality and throwing up all the armor and everything that's in the way, and then lead them into really, you know, standing on their own two feet as who they are and showing up with confidence. So that's sort of the tie between the two.
0: That makes makes sense now. And you hit on mindset there a couple of times. That's a great segue into what I really want to talk about first was around communication and what it looks like to be a great communicator, because mindset definitely plays a big part in communication. So Lisa, from your perspective, when you hear that somebody is a great communicator, what's that mean to you? What vision comes to mind?
1: Ooh, vision. I like that. I think a great communicator is someone who is visionary and that means we can see their vision. We can see their values, who they are, what they stand for, and they're consistent. So we know we can rely on them to show up in a certain way. And in order to be a visionary person, you need to have a vision of what that is. And that's the mindset work. Mm -hmm. And create i use the creative process i believe everybody is creative and in the graphic design world or marketing world creatives really just have an idea or a vision and then they make that vision real through packaging website design books whatever it is and so similarly human beings can become great communicators using mm-hmm. the creative process If they can define what that vision is, and then they make it real through actually following through with showing up as who they are, representing themselves in a super clear, clean way. So people are like, oh, yeah, Scott, he's all about communication because they Mm -hmm. see it each and every time you show up.
0: So if, if I'm if I'm capturing this, somebody from your perspective, that's a great communicator. One is they have a vision. The second component of that is they really are consistent with how they show up and there's alignment between the vision and how they're showing up. So kind of those, those three things, right? Vision, consistency, and alignment really is what's going to make a great communicator. I, I absolutely love that because you know a lot of times when you think of great communicators, you're thinking of somebody that is a excellent or, orator, they can get up on stage and deliver an exciting speech for an hour or something like that. But communication is so much more than that. And especially on a day-to-day basis where your job, whether it's at home or at work, is really to try to move people forward and to bring the best out of people. And to do that, if you're able to kind of share a vision or come up with a joint vision, be consistent in how you're showing up and supporting that vision and then making sure there's alignment between your words and your action in that vision. To me, that's spot on for a great communicator.
1: Boom, right there. And and spot on for thought work as well, right? The thoughts you think become a feeling and then you take action or you don't and then you're consistent. So if you can continue that cycle of thoughts that lead to feelings, that lead to action, then you're going to be able to show up consistently.
0: With The work that you're doing with a lot of executives, really working to try to transform them, create that identity. What are some of the skills that you're seeing these executives from a communication standpoint that are either very important that they have that are helping them, or maybe there's a gap? What are some of the skills that people really are needing to work on?
1: Yeah, it's super interesting because a lot of my clients are, VPs just turning SVP and they were given the position of SVP because um, other people see them as confident um, go-getters. They believe in them. They're trustworthy. They can, you know, hit the ROI. And then when that individual becomes a senior vice president, all of a sudden they themselves on the inside are like, wait wait <laughs> and then they hit that um what i call that paradox pattern what's gotten me to where i am today isn't going to take me to that next level so i work with a lot of folks in this boat to really develop inner trust to trust their decisions to be resilient in what they believe in and how they're showing up And when you trust yourself, then on the outside, you become trustworthy and you do that through active listening, integrity, and um, clear decision-making, quick decision-making as well. Similarly, I also work with my clients to expand their energy using rituals, habits, practices, whether it's like spiritual into, you know, having a relationship with your chakras or your breath or even, you know, creative expression comes from your um, throat chakra right here Mm -hmm. and how we use that, how we can notice it is going to enable you to become somebody who is clearly communicating. So the more internal energy you have, the more you can actually expand time, you can make more clear decisions and also be able to clearly communicate. Mm -hmm. So when you're trustworthy and you clearly communicate and you're in alignment with those values and showing up consistently, then you become a transformational leader and people can see that and feel it.
0: It's great to see that you're, you're working with so many of these executives that have taken the next step And aren't getting complacent or falling into the trap sometimes that executives fall into around not being coachable anymore. One of the (laughs) the recent guests talk a lot about, I talked a lot about coachability, He's written a book on it, how it's the leadership superpower. And there's all of these traps people fall into where, well, I'm the leader now. I shouldn't need to be coaching. Or if I ask for help, that's a sign of weakness. Or I'm too busy right now because I have this big SVP job. So it's exciting to see people stepping forward, raising their hands, or perhaps somebody is raising the hand for them, but being open and receptive to coaching. That's huge to continue on in your own professional and personal growth, to be open to that. And I, I would imagine you touched a little bit about the, the paradox of what got me here won't continue to help me grow or what's, it's not going to work currently because it's a whole new world. So you deal with that. To what extent do you deal with some people that are perhaps facing imposter syndrome, where they got that big promotion, they're like, Oh, gosh, am I good enough for this? Am I going to be able to do this? Because we hear a lot about that as people grow throughout their career, I've experienced myself moving into different positions and different organizations. I'm like, I was successful over there. Will I be able to be successful over here? Was it just a fluke? Or because people liked me there? Or I knew it so well. So what how are you seeing that show up with people?
1: Yeah, all over the place, all over the spectrum, no matter what level you are in your career, impo- male, female, non-binary, doesn't matter, totally falls into place. And it's been a kind of like, Shh, don't tell anybody, because if they find out that I'm not supposed to be here, then, right, it's going to hit the mm-hmm. fan. So when people, people will often come to me, they won't say I have imposter syndrome. They'll say, I want more confidence Mm -hmm. because they think that confidence is what's gonna catapult them into um, not having this, you know, shadow of imposter syndrome. And I think confidence isn't actually something that we have. It's a skill to be practiced, And so I have something called the confidence equation where it's actually courage and you just need to have courage and bravery five minutes longer than other people. You just got to stick in there, stick it out five minutes longer, courage plus commitment, and then you get confidence. So if you are committed to your vision, whatever it may be, and you have the courage to stay in the room, to say the thing, to speak up, then you have confidence after you do the thing, after the five minutes. And that's how you practice confidence. And so it's kind of a flip on its head in that if you're going around searching for confidence, you're never going to find it. It's not like a pill you can take. Instead, you have to start to practice courage and commitment, and that will lead you down the path towards um, having more confidence.
0: Oh, that's fascinating. I love it. Courage plus commitment equals confidence. Because a lot of people do think, oh, so-and-so is just so naturally confident. They have that it factor, so to speak. But likely if you follow it back throughout their career, throughout their life, throughout their childhood, they've either been put into situations or put themselves into situations where they're building that confidence, whether it is as a kid playing sports and you're staying in that batter's box and you're not backing out when the pitch comes, that's going to help to build the confidence. Or I think of, you know, my daughter is a che- competitive cheerleader. The things that she does to do her flips and tumbles and back handsprings over time, we've seen her confidence build because she had the courage to do it and she's stuck with it and continued to work on it. And it's led to that confidence. So I absolutely love that equation.
1: Yeah, there you go. Cause like you're not going to do a back handspring, <laughs> like in a day. You're going right. to do it into the foam pit first, and mm-hmm. then you're going to do it again and again and again until you start to have the inner trust, and right. And so you, I'm. Um, mm-hmm. That's really kind of fun to watch it in real time with your daughter,
0: Lisa. As you really the the workplace has changed so much over the past several years. People are adapting to new ways of work and leaders are adapting to new ways of leading. If you were used to having your team all around you in the office all the time and now they're at home or perhaps they're just spread all over the country and you're not seeing them as much, what are some of the skills that you are seeing for leaders that are just mission critical to have in today's work environment?
1: Mm. That's interesting because I think when it comes to communication for leaders at that level, you're kind of play, I don't want to say playing a game, but you really are dancing Mm
0: -hmm. in
1: between personal connection and professional responsibility. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So as the leader, you are responsible for the results that your team creates and for the ideas that you bring into the world. And then similarly, you need to, um, you know, work on and practice confidence and teach confidence to your people, to your team and to those that you lead. So having that vision, I think on that one side, so your team can see that you're someone who is visionary and is trustworthy and can clearly communicate. They start to learn from you. They get that uh, stability that so many people are looking for, they see you as a trustworthy source, Mm -hmm. and then they can start to feel safe to play with their own creative expression. And, and then I think the dance kind of comes with communicating in a strong way that is leading towards results for your company or your business, but then similarly listening, uh, with empathy and being able to truly hear the thoughts and ideas of your team, reflect that back and move forward in a way that that's super interesting because we're kind of missing body language right now, mm-hmm. particularly on Zoom. Um, so we're definitely in a new game in how this is going to work and unfold as we move forward. So it's it's always changing.
0: Something interesting that you hit on was kind of the dance between you know, that having really personal connection, be able to connect with your team personally, and you know accountability and results. As a leader early on in my career, that was definitely something that I struggled with, being somewhat reserved and closed off, and almost avoiding getting to know the team too well personally for fear of okay, if things don't go well. If I have to let somebody go, it's gonna be oh my, it's gonna be so, so challenging. And fortunately, I had some some leaders that were just great at dancing that dance to get to know me, get to know what was important to me, understand you, know, what motivated me, what what really got me to show up and really focus on what needed to be done. and just understanding my family and what's going on and showing that true care and empathy and compassion, but at the same time holding me accountable and doing that through very clear communication. At all times, I knew what was expected of me. I knew what was would happen if ultimately I didn't achieve my goals, and if ever I was going in a wrong direction, in real time, we were having those conversations to course correct, so that if it ever got to the point where you know, maybe I was going to get let go for poor performance, it would have been, a I don't wanna say, an easy conversation, I think a much less painful conversation because it would not have been out of left field because I was like, wait, what are you talking about? I thought we were <laughs> right. best friends. You always ask me about my kids. If you're doing that, but you're not communicating clear expectations to, with people on a consistent basis and giving them feedback and course correcting, I think that's where the challenge comes in for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, I think so too. A hundred percent. And I work with probably 85% of my clients are women at that SVP level. And um, there's a huge shift in how women are leading because they're not just meant to be little men anymore. It is how do we weave in the feelings and the facts, right? The active listening, but we don't have to mother our team. Mm-hmm. We don't have to hold our the hand of our team. We need to be able to show up with empathy. But likewise, there's a distinct moment between a feeling and how we feel about something versus the facts, right? And when you can move a conversation to just straight up facts, it starts to neutralize right? But you always ask me about my family and I thought you cared about me. I Mm -hmm. do. I do. But from a neutral place, here's the facts. So I think that's an easy way to help distinguish between the two as well.
0: Great example. Thank you. Shifting gears a little bit. We've talked a lot about your clients and what you're seeing as being important in the space. But if you think through and look back at your career progression, what are some of the communication skills that you think have really led to your success and have got you to where you are today? Mm. Well,
1: it's interesting as a graphic designer and a creative for a long time, I was presenting work that was outside of me, you know, here is the design of the book, here's the design of your retail space. So it wasn't about me. Then the shift came from designing brands for companies to now I help humans find their personal identity and express themselves through thought leadership or professional branding. So the shift from presenting an external item to presenting, you know, these are my thoughts, my feelings, my values, that's a huge shift that... Um, I had to start to practice and Mm -hmm. for a business owner, that's it. It's practice because I occasionally will go back and watch like a YouTube video I posted from like 20, I don't know, 2010, right. And it's super cringy and awful. And I'm like, (laughs) Oh my God, Lisa, you're like, Oh, But you have to do that to see the growth from Mm -hmm. that was me, what was that 14 years ago, 13 years ago, and Mm -hmm. where I am now, or even listening to old podcast recordings, for example, or old. I'll record a pitch on my phone and listen back to it because that's practice and it's learning and it's straight facts when you listen to it from a neutral place. So I think practice mm-hmm. and being able to be with like the cringy stuff that you may have said or done in the past is a great place to, to grow
0: from. So what I hear is adaptability, flexibility that is built upon self-awareness in order mm-hmm. to change and to grow you have to have some level of self-awareness and whether it is going back and looking at some of those old videos. I do that on occasion when I go back, you know, several years ago and start looking at the first videos I was doing for, you know, for my company, Communispond, or early on in the podcast and just watching that because it does, it helps you, it helps you grow, helps sometimes just lift you up a little bit. If you're feeling bad, I'll go back every (laughs) once in a while and look at something like, oh yeah, I've definitely improved a good bit since there. So if you have that self-awareness, and then you're willing and open to change or adapt. That's really what's going to help people grow throughout their career, whether it is shifting industries, kind of taking, going from that internal to external, moving from a big company to a small company. There's all these things that you think about, but for me, it goes down to, do you have self-awareness and are you open and willing to change and adapt? Boom. You got it. Lisa, who has been someone... Throughout your career, that has really influenced your style, your communication style. You know, what did you take from them, tweak, make it your own, and now it's kind of part of your everyday practice.
1: Mm, that's a tough question because um, I saw this when you you sent over mm-hmm. an idea of where we were going, and the person who popped to mind actually is uh, my aunt Kay. So when I was growing up I grew up in Columbia Missouri and my aunt lived in Chicago on Lakeshore Drive facing the lake in a high rise and so she was like the epitome of you know 90s professional chic with the uh, mm. shoulder pads and the fake nails and she was the dean of nursing at Rush University Hospital and clinics for their nursing school so definitely high level professional and had to communicate in a big way to boards, to doctors, and um, but did it in a way that she embodied both her feminine qualities and the masculine leadership skills. So I was able to kind of see behind the curtains in who she really was in her day to day life, and then how she showed up to you know command a boardroom mm-hmm. really, and especially in the 90s, like that's a really big deal so she was definitely somebody who helped shape uh the blend of the type of leader that i really admire yeah she was always like my professional hero
0: <laughs> oh that's awesome that's i'll say out of all the the conversations that i have it's always my favorite part to hear that you know sometimes it is an author of a book oftentimes it is a family member where they are talking about just the impact and it's i think so frequent where the person who has had the impact a lot of times just doesn't know. People don't, don't all, often get to share that, whether they just don't have the time to share it. I uh, hadn't really thought about it. But yeah, those, those stories are always so fun to hear. Lisa, as we're wrapping up here, what advice would you have for somebody, uh, whether they're early on in their career and they have big career aspirations or they're, they're midway through? They just say, like, I need a change. I, I have to do something different. What advice would you have to them around the importance of communication skills and the impact that they can have?
1: I would suggest looking inward first, taking a dip into the mindset work, thought work, and what you clearly want to create and accomplish Job descriptions are written for a company, but I sometimes love to help my clients write their own job description of the type of ideal place, location, career they want to create for themselves. And from that place, then you can start to look for opportunities. It's it's kind of rare to actually sit down and define what do I really want? What's getting in the way? Mindset. Mindset's mm. always getting in the way and then right and then catapult from there and then go look for opportunities and fun fact oftentimes after we create you know, what i call your visionary values what's most important to you mm-hmm. then opportunities just kind of arise out of the blue but that's actually because you've done the work you've done the mm-hmm. inner work to get there
0: it's a perfect example i I went through that exercise about six years ago. So I've been with my current company for five and a half years. Prior to that, I was at a different organization for a little over a decade. And when I hit that 10-year mark, I was, I was ready for a change. I'd been through I was like, I need something different. So I started really mapping out what am I looking for in my next opportunity? What what industry do I want to stay in this education and training space? Big company, small company. You know, the ability to be agile and move quickly. So I started listing all of these things out, really what's important to me, what I want to avoid. As I was going through that, I had two opportunities pop up. And you know those guidelines that I put out there, the vision that I put out there for what I was looking for were instrumental in helping me make the decision, which ultimately turned out to be the, the right decision because the, the other opportunity, just that whole division didn't end up working out. Uh, within two years, whereas now I've had the opportunity to be here for over five years and grow and I'm now leading the organization. So I, I love that advice. If you are thinking about a change or just in general about your career, start to map out what's most important to me from kind of the big picture, the types of people that I want to work with, the things they want to do, what gets me fired up, what kind of shuts me down. And then I like I said, more often than not, those types of opportunities are going to bubble up for you.
1: Nice. see it. This mindset stuff does work. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Lisa, thank you so much for joining me today. I really enjoyed the conversation and I hope you have a great rest of your day.
1: Thank you. My pleasure, Scott.
0: Take care. A special thanks again to my guest, Lisa Gio. The big thing that stood out to me from my conversation with Lisa was the confidence equation. Confidence is definitely a skill that can be built through demonstrating courage and being committed to your vision. If you're looking to improve your communication skills, be sure to subscribe to CommuniCast so that you can continue to learn from my guests with each new episode. And if you have found value in the show, leaving us a rating or review would be appreciated. Thanks and have a great day.